Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Well, that's it. We cannot have any more of that, Jared Condon. That is absolutely outrageous. As we say every week, it's something for a much later time slot than this, no matter when you're listening to it, by the way. Uh, hello, it's another episode of the NRL Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by the good folk up at topsport.com.au. And as I say every week, it is the usual suspects who are in attendance at the moment. It's the number one seed at Top Sport, Tristan Merlihan, and I'm presuming he's the number one seed at readingtheplay.com.au, but I don't know yet. We might have to clarify that. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Jimmy. Good afternoon, Jared. And yes, I'm certain uh, he is the number one seed at Reading the Play. And, and um, geez, uh, that was a very interesting 15 minutes. I thought we got on there a little bit early just to, to knock a bit of time off. But uh, no, Jared, he, he came up with the goods yet again. Well, all I was doing was singing the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, team song. I mean, uh, what a week. My uh, my biggest play of the World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup, that is. So I got up with Australia covering the line and then my biggest double lunch bet of two years on this podcast uh, was it close, 40 to three, and I was at minus one. I've been counting the hours down just to be here, and that's why I was singing the Dallas Cowboys uh, team song. I mean, Jimmy, did you want to straight away go to the lunch bed update or was there some other um, updates that you wanted to maybe meander through? Or No, no, no. Let's go to the update because um, I had a spectacular week tipping for Pass It On Clothing. However, for myself, not so good. And you know what? It's a week of reflection too. And, and for about three days of that, I was thinking, how did I get talked into that? What, what happened? How did, the two, how did the two lunches come up? What, why did I fall into that? I was getting a lot of text messages from persons who may or may not be on this podcast, and I was so angry and frustrated that I didn't respond to any of them. <laughs> it was almost like a peace offering yesterday when Jared and I spoke on radio. I just say, right, all right, get it out of the way. Go on, give me a yes, now, now, I should update the little birdie did send me a message on um, on Tuesday that uh, you you were certainly a very very cranky little individual all day Monday on radio post radio, watching the score updates, not even replying to anybody, let alone <laughs> those from Camden. And it wasn't until probably breakfast Wednesday that the air started to thaw. Yeah. No, that's about right. That that timeline is pretty much spot on, actually. Righto, do the update, the lunch bets. What's the latest say, Jared? Uh, well, Jimmy, you've gone from, um, I think you were about 12 in front uh, only a few weeks ago now to just be plus two. Jared from the Clowns is now plus two, Tristan at minus 10. And uh, thank you to the Cowboys. Another 150 jumps in for the lunch bet credits this week. Uh, we should mention, Jimmy, you did nail the Trell Mitchell as an anytime try scorer. A straight had covered a line. Lovely odds at 340. So a nice $240 return for Pass It On Clothing. 92 bucks for me for a straight had covered a line. You did have 50 bucks on a horse when you should have had 100 on it, but at least we got 420 back for tap and run, plus the 150 in the lunch bets. Been a very big week of collects for passing on clothing. Tristan, what does that take us to? Yes, well, that was actually the... And, and I'll be interested in your thoughts, Jimmy, because um, there was a lot of angst and anger and silence in the, uh, in the chat group over the entirety of the weekend because... 
even when you backed a winner, you were getting sledged on Saturday, Jimmy. Yeah. So I'm trying to understand what was a better feeling. But at the moment, uh, the balance is 2,030 um, in, in, in the kitty now. So it's, uh, it's certainly uh, creeping on very, very nicely. But, uh, yeah, the Latrell, Australia minus the start and then tap and run with the, uh, the 50-50 staking plan. Well, we heard last week all about, you know, he'd been on the phone to his mate Stubbsy and, you know, he's tipping tipping tap and run this week. Tap and run not only just wins, wins by a good length and a half, kicks clear, and we've got 50 each way on it. So hang on. So here's the thing, right? And I'm going back through them now. 12.23 on Saturday. Giddy up. Well done, Jimmy. You were straight out on that, weren't you? And I thought that was very much leading the witness. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course. And then, of course, you know, so, and then I stewed on it for an hour and a half. So then at 2.06, I said, so now I'm being criticised for picking winners, am I? So very hard to please you blokes. But anyway, anyway, um, look, it's all there for passing on clothing. Um, we will uh, continue to support that. And that's absolutely fantastic. So, um, and Jimmy, just lastly, on a, on a serious note, it's, uh, it's great to see us kick over two grand because it was only, you know, probably uh, five or six weeks ago that we... Uh, Kicked off the new bank balance after the major donation following the, uh, the wonderful luncheon that we had for them. And now to be back at two grand leading into Christmas, um, we'll be able to make a donation, I'm sure, in early December towards their Christmas campaign, which will just be outstanding. Uh, remember to like and subscribe this podcast wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, uh, Wooshka, whatever. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Just on that, I know I wasn't brave enough to put 100 straight out on tap and run. I also wasn't brave enough to have Latrell first try scorer. Could have had him last try scorer as well. But I tell you what, gents, that 19 and a half, that was nerve-wracking the last 10 minutes of that match, which should never have been the case. If we have a look at the Rugby League World Cup in review, Australia, I don't think we're ever challenged in the final and yet somehow very nearly didn't cover the line. Well, and I think if you go to those two tries from Samoa, I mean, the one thing that we did talk about over the last three or four weeks, although we thought Australia had been a little bit clunky in, in being able to put a consistent 80-minute effort together, their defence has been outstanding. Um, they did work very hard for each other. Um, and, uh, you know, Samoa really struggled uh, to punch a hole through their line. And realistically, they it came two tries from, you know, Latrell making, uh, you know, a, a dart out of line that left a hole that was very easy to uh, create an overlap and they scored. And then a, a simple little um, intercept play to that man who just keeps picking up intercepts in uh, Crichton. He's becoming quite a specialist at it. Uh, and then thankfully, uh, God bless his cotton little socks, Latrell Mitchell comes up with that last minute try to get the line back to 20. And thank God it was 20 before the kick because... Uh, Addo Carr takes a field goal attempt where he honestly couldn't give a flying you-know-what and, you know, the ball went probably 20 metres away from the post. So uh, Australia led 14-0, went into half time with a very comfortable lead. I thought they'd done everything right in the first half and should have been capitalising on that into the second half. Um, it got back to a 14-point margin with only minutes to go. I thought they were very sloppy with a lot of what they tried to do in attack and they just lacked a bit of cohesion and, and alike. But I guess if it was 30 to 10 in a World Cup and you said, can we have that in France in four years' time or three years' time, you'd take that every day of the week.
uh, all those uh, happy punters that took the dollar fifty Australia, right? That was about six months ago, too, Tristan. On that one, let's have a look at what's coming up. We're going to get onto the NFL very shortly, but obviously some um, big cricket and massive football going on at the moment. I've got real fears, Tristan, around this Test series against the West Indies. We've got the WACA ground or Perth, the Perth Stadium that's bouncy, and we've got a night match at Adelaide Oval. If we see any fifth day cricket. I might even throw fourth day in there. I'd be very surprised. What's your market, mate? Yeah, I was going to suggest. Uh, I think uh, I think there need to be three days of rain to see a fifth day, but uh, the, uh, the the fourth day I think would have to be in a lot of doubt. And yeah, the first game at the uh, the Perth Stadium is dollar uh, fifteen. The Aussies thirteen West Indies and eight dollars fifty the draw. The Windies they obviously uh, they've had a pretty ordinary uh, summer so far, getting bundled out of the World Cup before it even started. Uh, what they're doing now against the Prime Minister's 11, uh, Prime Minister's 11 they conceded over 300 to the Aussie side already. And they were bowling uh, some some Roston chase overs very, very early into that situation, which I think is a bit of a concern for where we go to from here. So there was some good runs actually scored by the top order. Renshaw and Harris both got 50s and Hanscom got a 50 as well. So it'll be interesting to see if there's a little bit of spine in the batting attack by the Windies over the next couple of days. But yeah, I do hold some fears for the uh, for the Windies and how long some of these games might go for. As we record, they are none for 92. So, uh, Craig Braithwaite, uh, are they two for, are they? Two for 92. Oh, no, two okay. for 99. All right. Well, that uh, hasn't quite updated quickly enough for me. Um, anyway, two for two for 99. So they just lost two wickets in the last over. So it shows, just shows how quickly things can change for the uh, for the West Indies. Yeah, absolutely. Now so we look, made... at, look at that, Jimmy. The bookmakers have got a live feed where the wickets are through before we in the public even already know. What do they What do they call it in the tennis when they were sending the stuff back to India? Pitch Court siding. Pitch siding. That's it. Pitch yeah. siding. Yeah, there we go. Um, what about the World Cup? That we, we've seen some extraordinary results. Let's put aside Australia's loss, which is um, it hurts, but it's expected. So four-one uh, against France. They were very good. But Germany lost to Japan. Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then we had Belgium just getting home against Canada. Um, there were some of these results that have really changed the outright winner market. Tristan, what's, your, what's the latest on that? Yeah, it certainly has. Um, where, uh, Brazil haven't played a game yet, and they were $4.80 at the start of the tournament. They're into three ninety five now. They just keep firming. Uh, even at, when I, we spoke on radio about two hours ago, Jimmy, they're four twenty. So they've even tightened up a couple more points. England and Spain, both impressive victors in, in game one, both at 7.50. France at $8. Argentina, 10 on the back of their very disappointing loss. But they're probably fortunate there was a nil or draw in the other game in that group. Um, and then the Germans there, $23. They actually weren't as short in their game as what I think a lot of people probably expected. So they were, uh, Japan's actually come into to only two spots behind them in the outright betting. But, yeah, certainly some big upsets. Uh, Belgium, number two team in the world, only just snuck over the line as well. I think uh, Canada had the better chances in that game. But it's been a fascinating tournament. It's been a lot of differing results. It's been a lot of nil-all scorelines and then a lot of free-flowing affairs. It's been one or the other. And, yeah, with the Aussies, disappointing. Obviously, great to see them get that early goal, which I think gave everyone a lot of hope. But I think it's a, it has to be a realisation here of where we actually sit as a nation because I think we're in a lot of trouble against Tunisia and... Um, Got a big World Cup in four years' time, which I think is what we've got to be looking forward to. The, the problem with that is Saudi Arabia is ranked probably lower than Australia, um, and then they beat Argentina. So, um, you know, things can happen at a World Cup. What are the holds been like, mate? Is it a good turnover event for you? It is. Obviously, the time zone probably isn't ideal, but the the, the 9 o'clock game certainly 
creates a lot of interest. And then a lot of people up early can bet into that late game as well. So it, it's been really, really solid. Um, you know, a lot of people having their multis over the four games. It's differing, different to what we've had in other years where historically there's three games a night, but we've got got four. So that, that certainly made a lot of interest. But yeah, it's been, been very well received. It's been a, a good betting tournament. And yeah, looking forward for the remainder of the uh, remainder of the event. Kristen, are you seeing a, a smoky somewhere there amongst um, the early betting leading into the last week and maybe these last few days of somebody that is across the public that they think as a team might be able to cause a little bit of an upset and maybe get through? Yeah, I, I'd be probably looking at some of, um, you know, obviously you've got your, your top six or seven that are, you know, that are the well, well-known sides that go down to probably Portugal that are under $15. Then, Belgium and Germany have probably drifted a little bit. You've got Uruguay there that maybe are the, are the team at, at, at double-figure odds that might be able to push. But I'd probably be looking – I'd almost be looking at a side now. We, we know um, – like, you, you look at Argentina, and they were $5 before they lost to Saudi Arabia. They're out to $10 now. Um, they're, they're still going to have to win their two next games. And, and I think trying to acclimatise to those conditions, it is so different to any um, – any place we've seen elsewhere. So I, I sort of feel that maybe losing a game, it, it might turn into a bit of a false economy. And, and I, I don't think, I think you'd rather drop a game early in the tournament when you've still got destiny in your own hands, when you've got the class that may, maybe that's what you're looking for. A, a team that uh, drifts on the back of maybe a disappointing first up effort. A couple of things we should make mention of too. Well done the Gillaroos, 54 points to four against the Silver Ferns in their final. That was amazing. Like they'd played out a 10-8, a uh, really competitive game 10 days earlier. And yet, uh, I know there were different players on the field, but absolutely blew them away. So um, done a very good job uh, with that Gillaroo side. And, and of course, they're all benefiting from the additional training that they're doing for NRLW. Uh, now, you've got to give us the WBBL markets too. Um, people will be listening to this before the Challenger tonight, but then the final on the weekend, Sydney Six is straight through to that one. I know that's a popular market uh, with your punters, Tristan. Yeah, very much so. And you got a really tight betting game tonight. The Adelaide Strikers are two dollars, and the Brisbane Heat a dollar eighty-one. Brisbane winning three to get into that game, so they're slight favourites. And then they they take on in, in the final. I'd suggest whoever wins this game will probably go in as underdogs against the other uh, Sydney side. Sydney's going to be around about that dollar sixty-five mark, I'd suggest, and the winner of this game into about two twenty-five. So being very very popular. All right, let's get into it. The NFL, uh, this is after week 11. We're going into week 12 too. You might want to run us through your thoughts of week 11, Jared, and have a look at the standings both across the AFC and the NFC. Well, things are really hotting up, Jimmy. And uh, as everybody in the US says, once we get to Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow in the US time, and we'll touch on that in a moment, things really start to unfold of who's who in the zoo, where the real form might be. Now, uh, the NFC is still very open. We've got the Eagles at nine and one, but off a couple of patchy weeks. Uh, the Vikings as well, off a couple of patchy weeks as the number two seeding. But then we've got teams like the 49ers starting to hit some form, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys. Have I mentioned the Cowboys before, Jimmy? Mm. Uh, the Seahawks have been a big surprise. The Giants have fallen in a bit of a heap of, in recent weeks. So the NFC is certainly very open across all of those uh, seven seeds right through to the wild card. The AFC, uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. The Bills have dropped off the last couple of weeks. Very interesting game for them tomorrow against uh, the, uh, the Detroit Lions. One three in a row into Thanksgiving. What a week there. Uh, we'll see Tristan up very early at three o'clock in the morning to watch uh, 
watch his lines go around, I'm sure. Uh, and that's very open. We've, you know, the Dolphins have started to put some winning form together. The Titans just keep keeping on. So it's very, very open. Uh, I think the highlights out of last weekend, Jimmy Holmes, well, he just goes and does it again with, you know, uh, just over a, a minute left on the clock, pull the Chiefs from behind with a, a late win over the Chargers. Uh, you know, the Cowboys responded off some form. I think the big talking point about the Cowboys at the moment, though, is are they, like the Rams of last year, wanting to go all in and sign Odell Beckham? And talking of the Rams, I think the other big talking point in the US at the moment is, has there been a team not be able to defend the following season off a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl win like the Rams who have just crumbled? They're now three and seven. They sit 14th overall in the NFC. And I think the big question mark now is having climbed the mountain, so many of those guys just don't have a lot to play for. If you're Jerry Jones and you own the Dallas Cowboys, try to explain to me why you wouldn't sign Odell Beckham Jr. Unless there's laws within the league that preclude it, then there's no reason why you wouldn't. It just gives... They've got this um, Pollard that they've they've found who's a receiving option, who's a running option. Um, it makes them just that little bit more dangerous. You, you only have to throw to him five times during the course of a game. It's just a, it's just what, it, what he can do from a defensive point of view. So um, really, really interesting. I'm interested in the AFC winner... Uh, Tristan, talk me through this. So the Bills are seven and three. The Chiefs are eight and two. The Bills are, are ranked fifth, but they are equal uh, along with the Chiefs to to uh, to win the conference. Yeah, they are, and 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 we obviously saw the, these two teams play each other not that long ago. So I, I think probably the consensus is that the Bills will would would probably win uh, when uh, on, on maybe more than more than fifty percent of the occasions. I think we know that um, Josh Allen's been battling a little bit of an injury, so. I think despite the, the records being a little bit different, that, uh, that that does have some impact there as well. And obviously the reality is the Bills won that game. So they've got that tie break scenario, which is going to be pivotal to for home ground advantage. So, you know, with, with the evenness of the league, I think you probably expect that there's still going to be a couple of games dropped. And it wouldn't surprise me if both of those sides finish uh, on the same amount of wins, which would then give that tie break to Buffalo, which I think is going to be the X factor. I think if Buffalo are at home, they're firm favourites against the Bills in the AFC winner market. When they played away, they were, I think they were even one-point underdogs. I think it was the first time the Chiefs had been underdogs at home for a long time. So I suspect that even if it is away, uh, Buffalo's still going to be right in that game. I think the problem with uh, the Bills and the question mark over the next couple of weeks is that they're still a little bit banged up. Um, they've got some key guys uh, in particular in their defensive setup. Uh, carrying some injury and or out and coming back. And I think that sets up... You know, if they drop another game, uh, and certainly don't see it coming this week, but if they drop another game in the near future, it puts them in a bit of a precarious position to be back up and challenging in the AFC. And I mentioned last week, and Jimmy, I know you don't think they can win outside of the sunshine, but uh, the Dolphins at $18, I've certainly had uh, a nice bet around that long term. Uh, listen, listen, they've got a, a quarterback who is a rookie who's on the up. He's just an absolute star. But because he's on a rookie contract, it's given them the flexibility to put a, a lot of money around really good talent in both um, uh, their O-line and their D-line. And it means they've got a really balanced team. And uh, I really think that they're on a run now. They've won their last five. They'll absolutely clean up this weekend. And I really do think that they're going to give the finals a little bit of a shake. Before we get to week 12, round 15 or week 15, uh, Dolphins at Buffalo. 
So that will be a fascinating one. And the other one that I'm just looking at there, they've got the Bears week 16. They'll start favourite in, they've got games against the Jets, the Patriots, and of course Detroit this week. But the, the other interesting one, week 17, they play Cincinnati, who are starting to play some some good football, and that is in Cincinnati. So th- that's the other interesting one. For, well, well, they'll, they'll, du- they'll dust up the Bears. Uh, they'll win most of those others. You're right. The two, the two key games are going to be the Bengals and the Bills, uh, and the Bills uh, in Buffalo will be very interesting. And Jimmy, l- listen, you just keep putting that pocket money away for the next couple of weeks, um, that lunch money, and see if we might not have a little lunch bet weeks in advance of that one. All right. Okay. Um, you know, I'm here for it. I don't shy away from it. Uh, even though I did back tap and run 50 each way. But anyway. Um, oh, we, we have noticed that, Jimmy. I, I mean, Tristan said to me yesterday, Jared, just don't mention the losing streak. And I said, we don't want to go there. But it's winning streak. It's a winning streak, except for lunch beds. Anyway, that's what happens when you've got a lot in the bank, right? You can get a little loose with them. Uh, I, feel, I feel like I'm FTX all over again. Sam Bankman free. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> let's go to tomorrow. So this is Thanksgiving. So I've made mention of it, um, I think, the other day with you, Jerry. I was over there for Thanksgiving last year. 38 million people watched the Cowboys take on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And um, that's the second biggest game outside of uh, the Super Bowl. But three great games. Start with Buffalo heading to your Detroit Lions. Tristan, you'll be all up and about with this. I'm very excited. It's Jesus. There's not going to be much sleep in the Merlehan household tonight. We've got football. We've got uh, Detroit up at well three thirty Queensland time, so that's going to make for a for a long day. It's a dollar twenty three Buffalo, four thirty Detroit. Ten flat is the line, and that's already firmed up from ten and a half into ten flat, and it's very very heavily skewed Detroit's way into a dollar seventy eight. The other game I think is uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let Jared t- uh, touch on this game because I'm sure he'll have an opinion which won't be very favourable to my lines. Well, it, it, this is a great test for the Lions. You know, they won their last three, but it is uh, six years since they've won on Thanksgiving. Um, I do think the Bills clean up here. I think uh, I think they win by 10 or more. But looking forward to a very good game there. We then have the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, the Giants have really fallen in a heap in recent weeks. They've got some key outs again, but I think they're also being exposed in some key areas in particular uh, at their defence. I can't see how they hold the Cowboys. Very keen about the Cowboys again covering the nine and a half. The night game for the US is a cracker. We've got the, the Patriots, you know, three all almost seconds out from going into extra time last week and then a punt return and they end up winning over... Um, the New York Jets, and then there's been all sorts of drama with the Jets. Now their quarterback, uh, Wilson, has been put to the sideline. He's not. He's been benched. He's not playing this week. They go to the Vikings, who come off that loss to the Cowboys last week. Now the line opened at somewhere around four, four and a half, then into three and a half, now into two and a half. Um, and there's certainly a lot of pro money in the US, very keen about the Patriots. Uh, going to uh, Minnesota and covering that line because there's a fair bit of weather around uh, that game and that uh, this is a Belichick special. So very interesting. Isn't it amazing how it's just a new year and a new storyline with the Jets there? They've been the whipping boys of that division for a long time. 
Now, all of a sudden, they're six and four, which would be winning some divisions in the NFL, and they're sitting still on the bottom of their division, and they've still got all the uh, the issues coming out of their camp. So, I don't know. They're just a, a, a team with such a big base, and they just can't seem to quite get it right. But if they happen to cause an upset against the Patriots, they, they put themselves back. And we'd argue, too, Tristan, that they probably have the best defence or equal to the best defence in the competition. I mean, they're big, they're physical. They were outstanding last week. Um against the Pats, yet they just couldn't come up with a, a major play. And a lot of that was on the back of uh, Wilson has just completely lost his confidence as uh, his second year as a rookie. So, yeah, great day tomorrow. And then, gee, it's just an outstanding slate on Sunday. There's some cracking games. Yeah, did you see Zach Wilson at the podium um, when they asked him about the offence? No, not my fault. No, no. Which At that point, you're the coach and gone, okay, you've made my decision for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Well, and then the next day, Jimmy, the coach, had his, uh, his normal uh, post-game uh, press conference. He then delayed it by two hours because there was trouble in the camp and talked that, you know, Wilson was nearly taken out the back by the defensive boys to uh, have, a, have a little chat. And then there was speculation for two days about whether he would or wouldn't play Wilson. And all the mail seemed to be that he would. And then he comes out this morning and says, no, he won't. And then he put Wilson in front of another uh, press conference today with the media uh, and all the local beat guys where Wilson has now put his hand up and said, listen, I handled that really poorly. I should have taken ownership. I was very poor. Um, I mean, clearly he's had two days of being skilled up for what he needed to say and should have said uh, post-game last weekend. So he's now on the bench for a couple of weeks. Listen, the guy that they put in uh, in white, uh, nobody has a rap on the guy. So I think the, the Jets are in a lot of trouble. They've got a game uh, which is, you know, against the uh, Chicago Bears, but the Bears are now losing their quarter, uh, quarterback for probably uh, an indefinite period because um, Field has dislocated his uh, non-throwing arm last weekend um, and looks like he's going to be out for a number of weeks. So uh, the one thing that you do want to do if you're looking at the Chicago Bears going to the New York Jets is just back the under because yeah. I can't see any points in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Good call on that one. All right, is that your best? What's your NFL best for this No, game? no, I want to go with the, my team, the Miami Dolphins, Jimmy. Minus 13 and a half now, and there's uh, not many teams covering big lines, let alone the dogs have been um, running at something like 55%. But I do think the Dolphins, this is the right week. They've won their last four. They play the Texans, who have won lost their last five. I think they've given up on the season. I think they're in a heap of trouble. Uh, their defence just has no option of trying to uh, match what I think the Dolphins bring to this game. I see the Dolphins scoring at least 30, probably 40 or more. No way that I think the Texans get anywhere near that. So Miami Dolphins minus 13 and a half at $1.96, my best for the week. All right, Tristan, you got one for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking uh, just down the leaderboard. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of... Uh thinking that maybe that performance by the Chargers might have been the turning point of their season. I, I thought they were very good against the Chiefs and they were, they were probably a little bit unlucky not to win that game. I see they go to Arizona having a very, very ordinary start to the season or middle part of the season. I'm going to take the Chargers minus three and a half at 206. Yeah, I do like that one. And what, what, what about the, um, the Cardinals? They go down to Mexico for that game against the 49ers, get absolutely lapped and, and obviously turn it up. And then they uh, tapped their um, uh, off uh, attacking coach on the shoulder the next morning and said, uh, sorry, you're not welcome on the plane home. 
I hope he got the stay, chance to stay in Mexico and enjoy himself for a week or so. But anyway, uh, yeah, you've got to go and clean out the office, don't you? The away trip, you've got to ring, ring the wife and say, uh, I'm not sure what flight I'm coming home on, darling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? Because uh, I'm not going to work. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't laugh about that, actually. It's not that nice. Um, all right. Uh, I can just imagine, too, a young Jared Condon with posters of Dan Marino on his wall. That's just incredible, isn't it? Uh, go those Dolphins. Um, I'm gonna did, go... you, did, did you have one, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, I've actually got two, Jared. So, two? Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, uh, they're heading to uh, Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Um, they are the favourite at $1.66. I'll take them at the minus two and a half into $1.86, I think it is. So we just have to work out how, how we do this because I, I also like the Packers to bounce back um, against the Philadelphia side that has just got the wobbles a little bit of late. Uh, you made mention of it, Jared. They're three forty-five outsiders, but the plus six and a half is at a dollar ninety-eight. And I see there's just to clean a little bit more, a little bit of money around for that. So, um, you know what? If, to make it easy, Cincinnati minus two and a half. But if anyone else is interested, just to let you know, I've had a little investment on the pa- uh, Packers. So I'll have a hundred on the nose of the a uh, hundred on the Cincinnati team minus two and a half, please, Tristan. Now, Jimmy, I know you'll have money on the Cowboys uh, tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Once you've cashed that ticket in, uh, you can have a little play over the weekend for the Bucks to cover the line against the Browns early Monday morning. All right, all right. Well, yeah. I, I just, I just want you to get you into a Monday with a good mood this week, as opposed to last week. Not always easy. Speak to Tracy Smith about that. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's go racing, gents. Uh, Jared, where are you taking us for your best this week? Jimmy, I thought I'd stick to Caulfield. Uh, interesting, this meeting is normally, uh, historically for many years, been down at Sandown, where I do think it's always been a cracking meeting because we have the Zipping Classic. But um, uh, now at Caulfield and race eight, which we call the Sandown Guineas being run at Caulfield, uh, I thought number three to Fortune Teller with that Ma used to stable who are just uh, racking up wins all over the country at the moment. Johnny Allen, the ride, uh, comes through some very nice form lines. I thought it was a tricky day, and I'll make that my best. The fortune teller, race eight, number three, 440 at the moment. Jimmy, there's only one way to play. I'll have the 100 on the nose. Well, actually, that's not strictly correct. But anyway, uh, what about you, Tristan? What do you got for us? Uh, we've got... We've got a big day racing in uh, in Ascot, so I'm going to let you pull the trigger on another racing tip, but just uh, make sure we have a look at that uh, over the course of the weekend because, geez, the winter bottom looks an absolute crack of a race. We've got Roth 5, Ileana, got the Blue Army, Paul Ailey as well. I think Elite Street, though, to me, 7.50 into 6.50 may not be without a chance. So check, make sure you check all the races all across the nation on, on Saturday. All right, well, I'm going to go. My man has tipped me the one that um, Jareth Hall tipped as well. So it's an incredible story. Sunshine Rising, nine-year-old, first up for the first time since 670 days. So been over to Hong Kong, um, had some uh, concerns there uh, injury-wise. The trial form has been absolutely scintillating. And as we say, it's, it's one of those really great stories. So in the festival, I'm going to go race eight. Number one at Rose Hill, Sunshine Rising. I think opened at sevens into 650 already, Tristan. Yes, yes. Now, very important. What is the staking plan? Oh, sorry. Just 100 on the nose for this one, thanks. Oh. <laughs> if it runs a beautiful the... second, I will blow up the likes. 100 on the nose. So we've gone from the uh, the, the 440 uh, each way bet to the 650. No, it wasn't, it wasn't 440. <laughs> 
Is it 440? I don't know, but it makes for a better story. Yeah, that's it? true. That's true. <laughs> oh, this is great. So I'm tipping putters out there. Should have a large go on the place. I'm tipping for the <laughs> Oh, it's only oh, taken it's only taken 18 months no no sometimes you don't even need to put bait on the hook and i just bite so easy but anyway uh so there you go gents that's it that's the uh, the podcast done for the week uh enjoy your weekend of sport weekend of racing there's always so much on uh lots to lots to do lots to watch uh lots to invest on as well and we'll do it again next week thanks guys take care gentlemen Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.